This is the Current Trends Podcast, Episode 3, continuing our conversation about Bakersfield real estate data. Welcome. I'm your host, Gene Hacker. This podcast is about Kern County markets and economic trends with an emphasis on real estate. Let's get started. We are continuing our conversation with Sanjeev Advani. Sanjeev is educated in finance. He has over six years experience in real estate and has been spending the last three years working with investors, sales, and management companies. Sanjeev is a Bakersfield native and a certified pricing strategy advisor. This is the second part of this interview. Please check out episode two for the first part. Let's get into it. Bringing it back to commercial and multifamily residential, mm-hmm. uh, specifically cap rates, what okay. what are we looking at? So that's what's been really interesting to me. On average, we're seeing cap rates in the fives right now for Bakersfield. I still have investors that reach out to me that say, hey, I want a 10 cap. Wow. And I will, at this point, yeah. just literally who, laugh at them. Who doesn't, <laughs> who, who doesn't right? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, let's say 2010, 11. Mm-hmm. kind of bottom of the market uh right. was it were people getting 10 caps i would say all in including appreciation etc you're definitely going to be pushing that if not more but back you know, then yeah back then right yeah but that low fruit is long gone exactly so now i mean back in that in that time you could buy a house in a neighborhood that has been and pretty much will always be a mid two hundred thousand dollar neighborhood you could buy a house for the mid to low hundred thousand. It was it was pretty remarkable. Yeah, yeah. I saw. I mean, really nice homes selling for a fraction of what they yeah. would have ever been built for. Yeah. Um. So so five cap is is that kind of like would you consider that a regional average right now or you know so with the L A investors I'm working with and the Bay Area investors what I'm seeing is you're actually working with a much lower cap rate out there on average. In those areas compared to yeah. here. Yeah. But as far as Bakersfield goes. As far as Bakersfield. Five. Considered. I would say five would be your average, but there are still good opportunities to find deals that are higher so than that. So if you were to go into a C-class neighborhood mm-hmm. and be willing to take on a little bit more you know, effort right. <laughs> and yeah. risk, uh, what kind of account so, rate would you be seeing maybe in some of those areas? For example, we just did a property in downtown Bakersfield near Jastra Park. That one, they're going to be earning... Between seven and a half and eight and a half. Wow. So, That's impressive. really good deal. Yeah. Now, the thing about that deal is that it is in a transitional neighborhood. Granted, it's transitioning up, but still in a transitional neighborhood. You know, and it, the house is older, so it does have some repairs that need to be made. Nothing major, though, right? And so you're going to get that cap rate pretty easily. Um, Generally, though, I would say, you know, with the good agent being able to hunt things down, we're looking six cap would be ideal. Yeah. Seven cap would be great at yeah. this point. <laughs> uh, yeah. And from what, what we're seeing around the rest of California, that, those are pretty good numbers. Yeah. Right? So LA Bay, you're looking at three cap, maybe a four cap. Yeah. And at that point, you're a negative cash flow situation. Should be, yeah. So... Really, that's where we're where we're getting our prices being held up right now. Is a majority of the work that at least I'm doing, and a lot of people that are in the same sphere are doing, or working with people from out of town to come into Bakersfield. Sure. For example, on the multifamily side as well, there are 
big funds that go into primary markets and go buy houses, the black rocks of the world, right? Well, you have smaller funds, obviously, that don't quite have that funding, but they still do some damage. And they actually have started moving from Northern California down into, you know, they're, they just touched Fresno last year. So you're seeing some institutional people now in Fresno. And, and they're then, going, they're buying single family? They're buying single families. They're buying multifamilies. Really, they're going more towards any kind of residential rental. Wow. And they're holding these long-term. And these are long-term holds, so they're coming in closer to market value. They're not getting the $0.50, cents, $0.60 cents on the dollar deals they used to, where now they're coming in and they're saying, okay, well, I'm going to buy 1,500 houses, you know, and I'm going to pay 10% below market value, and we're just going to sit on them. Wow. Um, so you see those institutions. Bakersfield historically has not had any institutional investors strictly because it doesn't, there's nothing stopping you from, with no experience, buying a piece of land and going and building a multifamily residence. That's part of the nice thing about new construction in Bakersfield is Joe Schmo can go build a house. It's pretty affordable. The land <laughs> yeah. costs aren't super high. Exactly. Um, and it's a relatively inexpensive labor pool here. Mm-hmm. And so you, yeah, so I mean, I looking at exi- new homes mm-hmm. are definitely an impact on on this right. market more than like we talk about. There's a low barrier to entry. Right. It's there's plenty of available open land for development. Right. And at some point that's probably going to hurt home appreciation potential mm-hmm. because you, you could always just build, build more. more. Yeah. And so at this point, what is the average price per square foot do you think of existing? Do you have do you have that number offhand? I, I don't have that number offhand, but I want to say I just looked at it the other day, and it was in the high 120s, I believe. Really? Yeah. And new construction, it's probably possible not very far from that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, New construction, I mean, if you work with a developer, so like some of the developers that we work with, they're paying $80 to $100 a foot. And then, you know, they're able to sell it for, let's say, $100. $80 to $100, including land? 82, well, no, not okay. construction costs. So everything said and done, they're probably putting out... $120 a foot, $125 a foot. So really competitive. Yeah. You, but you're not going to be... You're probably going to be pushed out to the yeah. to the fringe areas yeah, a you're little bit farther out. Right. But and, see, Bakersfield has always attracted that type of people too, right? Where I don't necessarily need to be in the middle of everything. It's small enough that... It doesn't take that long right. to get there. Right. I mean, there's no traffic compared to a lot of the, the other cities. cities. I mean, yeah. you really never get too much of traffic. Right. You, you picked a bad time to move through a couple of lights if you're right. if you're getting stopped. Like mm-hmm. you, you jump on the 99 or the 58, you're always moving along. It's one of the one of the better one of the big benefits of Bakersfield is right. when, when I work down here, I'm not just frustrated by traffic. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. It doesn't. Take you always you seem four to get hours. where you need to get pretty yeah. quick. So yeah. So. Being pushed out an extra few minutes is really not that big of a deal, right. and then they are doing some freeway expansion projects that are right. even going to make that more of a more of a possibility for a lot right. of vacant land. Yeah, tying it in. what's interesting there is you know the thought process, the majority thought process from the people we've been talking to at the city and things like that are is that you know this essentially pass through of Bakersfield, so the fifty eight connecting down to the five basically is going to bring in more traffic over the long term. 
the way I think about it is, you know, when we talk to people from other areas in California, it's, oh, Bakersfield, that's the place you drive through to get to. (laughs) And so that I feel like maybe a little bit of a miscalculation over time Mm -hmm. is that you connected the 58 to the 5. So Bakersfield is now literally a I just drove through spot. Because, you know, all of these major freeways. Sure. So I could see that being an issue. But at the same time, you know, Bakersfield continues to grow to the north and to the west as much as possible. And having having transportation that yeah. is easy and, and quick is, right. is pretty – it's definitely going to help growth. Right. So uh, I talked about in the, my first podcast that some of the – we talked about oil and uh-huh. agriculture. And we talked about uh, logistics and transportation. And those right. are the things that I – I kind of dwelled on in the first one as well. And one of the things that I've, the reasons that I'm optimistic about Bakersfield specifically is that those jobs have to stay here. Right. Like we can't ship them off to somewhere cheaper. You know, like if oil, I mean, it's going to get more automated, but you still need location specific, location specific jobs. Right. And transportation, logistics. Right. The port of Los Angeles and everything, you know, and the the population, uh, those jobs are going to be here because it's an affordable place right. to, to bring th- things off the port of LA and yeah. I know the port of, uh, of uh, Long Beach and distribute. Right. This is a, a kind of a no brainer choice when it comes to exactly. land costs and, and everything else. So those jobs are not the kind of jobs that can just be uprooted at a whim. Like they all. kind of really have to be here and yeah. agriculture jobs as well. Like the land here, the, the growth is here, the fresh water coming out of the Sierras yeah. is here. They're, yeah. It's so they're not the most glorious, you know, not the fancy, exciting yeah. tech jobs, but they're jobs that are going to be here and right. they're going to be here for the foreseeable future. We're right. going to we're going to use oil and we're going to yeah. buy stuff and ship it around yeah. and we're going to eat food for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Those things aren't going to be the things that just, you know, change quickly. Exactly. And so I, I kind of look at Bakersfield as it's not a super exciting, like sexy place to be, right? you know. But it's absolutely sustainable and it absolutely has to be here. Right. Like, you know, so. And I think, you know, I actually was in prepping for this. I was actually looking at some of the population numbers because I remember when I was first, I first, well, I was born and raised here. But when I was little, the market was much smaller. Right. So when my parents first came here, we had maybe 100,000 people. Oh, wow. Then in 1990, we got up to 174,000 people. In 2000, we're 250,000 people. And as of 2016, we're at almost 380,000 people. That, and that's city of Bakersfield. And that's city of yeah. Bakersfield. Surrounding area County. cranks up. Exactly. So yeah. Kern County goes to a mil plus. Wow, well, yeah. From 1990 to 2016, you've doubled, over doubled your population, which... If you're looking from an investor's perspective, you know, now the kind of hot topic is the out-of-state, long-distance investing. So if you look at that, I mean, as an investor, I would say, okay, we want to see long-term population growth, rent growth. But a lot of the a lot of the places that people are out-of-state investing into right. do not have that as exactly. an attribute. They're, they're in Rust Belt cities that are losing population. Yeah, exactly. This is... And that's that's something that you know it's 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 an education point, right? You can't teach everybody. Yeah. <laughs> but you can tell the ones that are willing to listen that maybe this you want to think about it. Yeah. Being in an area that's growing long term yeah. is a safer place to be than somewhere that's losing population. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Pretty and, huge. I mean, the three factors we look at are population, rent, and uh, job growth. So if you have job growth, you know, obviously we're seeing that. 
population will probably increase over time as well. And then rent growth on top of that, that's where I want to be. Sure. So, as And if far, you can start with cash flow at the day of purchase, yeah. it's kind of exactly. it's a, it's a pretty good place to be. Exactly. And so, you know, a lot of people right now are saying, okay, well, I don't know about appreciation. I don't know about appreciation. I want cash flow. Yeah. And that's great. But if you take all factors into account appreciation over long term and cash flow over the sure. long term i think your returns may even out For, well why not put yourself in the path of growth right. <laughs> you know i mean why exactly. why risk your investment to something that is if they're losing population i mean that's at yeah. some point they're you know you're going to be fighting with others yeah. you know with too much supply and not enough demand right where if you're in a place that's growing you, the opposite is true right. you're you're pretty much guaranteed to have Right. demand in the future. Well, and just like last year, we saw that the South of the United States had 10 of the 25 fastest growing cities. So the South seems to be a place where you want to invest now. Well, inside of that, we just need to look at what is the population doing? What is the rent doing? Things like that. Dive into the, into the actual market exactly, a little deeper. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, we do want to look for growth because over and, time, and also it's probably worth saying that some of those have appreciated from the bottom mm-hmm. a, a lot more than Bakersfield has. Yeah, I mean one of the one of the things that makes me want to continue to, to invest here is that knowing that we have a long like we're we're not far off the bottom, right? And not only do we have fundamentals that make sense, but just in a historical context. We have a lot more upside yep. than a lot of other areas. Place a lot of places are pushing new all time highs, right. and Bakersfield, you know, definitely isn't in that place. You, you, right. But historically, we have we have kept up right. with a lag, and so yeah. you know maybe we're seeing we're going to see that. Yeah, I think the lag is is we still have definitely room to make up. You know, like you said, the fundamentals are there. Oil's coming back, ag's coming back, transportation is now here and expanding. You know, even into Shafter, right? Shafter used to be its own little town. Now Shafter is essentially Bakersfield. Yeah. <laughs> another outside yeah. So and then we have distribution centers setting up in Shafter, you know, and now they're spec building out there as well. So spec building commercial. They're spec building industrial, yeah. Wow. Industrial. Yeah. Wow. So you are seeing a lot of that. And again, it goes back to, you know, everyone comes back to, well, if there's a lot of building and there's even some overbuilding and, you know, prices are getting back to the top, there's all of this talk about, okay, well, what's going to happen? Now, my philosophy is, okay, well, Bakersfield really doesn't have a lot to fall because we didn't go up a lot. That's right. That's you know, right. and so everyone else is going to fall pretty deeply. Whereas I think Bakersfield, yeah, we're going to see a correction when that happens. But long term, again, we're looking at upward growth. Yeah. And I mean, even with the high speed rail, if we triple transportation, it's almost like a black swan event. That yeah. There's, it's just who knows what that would actually play out. To, yeah. You know, and but I can't see having an inexpensive community being able to have inexpensive transportation of convenient transportation to a major job center yeah. is nothing but but positive it would be really interesting to watch how that would all play out right well and to me it's really interesting because if you look at the bay area so for example if you take la and compare it to bakersfield i would say that same assumption would be there between 
San Francisco Bay Area and Stockton area. Yeah, or maybe say. even Fresno. Yeah, maybe even Fresno. I like Stockton a little bit more uh, strictly because of the proximity, actual physical proximity to San Francisco. Sure. But what you're seeing is Stockton prices are now mm-hmm. going up and up and up. Rents are going up and up and up. Why? Because there are location-neutral positions in the tech world, a ton of location-neutral positions. Sure. And so if you're up in Stockton paying 500000 for a four-bed, two-bath, you know, why not come down here, pay 500000 for a five-bed, three-bath with a yard and a pool, Sure, you know, and you're location neutral anyways. Yeah. And so I, I actually know a couple people in town that that's what they do. They Their employers are in the Bay, but they do work out of Bakersfield. Sure. And they did it strictly for that reason. Sure. I mean, uh, I think one of the benefits, one of the attractions of Bakersfield is it's one of the, it's one of the places where like a single income can live in a decent neighborhood. Yeah. And live kind of live the middle, middle income, class life, the middle yeah. class life. They can have yeah. they can have the fenced yard, and they can have two cars, right. and they could they could live pretty decent off of a single income. Yeah, and that's just not true with a lot of California today. Right, right. And I mean, from an investment perspective, everything just looks to be going up. Now, obviously, we don't have the future. Yeah, scene, but for sure. <laughs> but with inventory as low as it is, yeah, there's not really a large. And that's what's interesting is you're seeing builders build all over the place. They're coming up like it's like it's no tomorrow. And you know? for for the short term, that's going to lead to growth just because of those jobs. Right. The, the risk is that they'll overbuild. Yeah. And then you'll have too much supply and right. that, that could cause problems. Yeah. And that was that was the one thing I really saw that kind of stuck out to me. Was, at the last cycle? Yeah, yeah. Well, at the last cycle and even today is, you know, when I brought up that example of Joe Schmo can go and build, I meant that in a literal fashion. It's happening. Yeah. yeah. Joe Schmo is already out there building. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, in the past two years, I personally met a, two or three developers that were the 15 to 20 house track guys. And now they've got three tracks at 60 houses and, you know, they're pumping them out. Now, the barrier to entry was nothing for them, right? Sure. They just needed a little bit of funding. To get going. <laughs> but at this point, the market's absorbing those. Yeah. And there's there's more demand than there is supply. So it's, yeah. it's continuing to work out. And so we look at you know absorption rate when that happens. Absorption rate is basically your current listings. What current listings are absorbed into pending or closed deals. Okay. Right? And so when you look at that... Your absorption rate, you want less than 16 and, a th- and two-thirds percent or or higher than 33 and a third percent. So if you're less than the 16 percent, you're in a strong buyer's market. If you're okay. more than the 33 percent, you're in a seller's market. So if you look at our absorption for the close, and this is all construction, including – well, this is all, excuse me, residential construction. Okay. So on closed deals, deals that are actually done and closed – uh, we saw an absorption of thirty point six percent. So we're pretty strong in a in a good market right there, leaning towards the seller side. And then last month we were at thirty three point one, and then a year ago we were at thirty. So it's pretty right? stable. So pretty stable, right? As far as the absorption, so we are seeing those new units coming on. They are getting absorbed into the system. Sure. As far as pending, now this is what becomes interesting. So remember that thirty three and a third. If it's greater than that, strong sellers market. So as of February 2018, we had a 53% absorption wow. on pending listings. And then 
you know, that same number a year ago was at 44%. Okay. So you do see a pretty high jump in the pendings right there, which is going to bring you more towards the seller's market, right? So again, we're seeing, okay, inventory low, but units are being absorbed. You know, we can keep doing this. Sure. But the other thing that I was looking at on a macro for California is Bakersfield today is the affordable California. Sure. Right? What we're seeing on a population standpoint is we're actually close to neutral growth. And on that neutral growth, we're actually seeing people who are exiting California tend to be those that make less than six figures. Okay. So less than 100000 a year. Those people coming into California tend to be those making more than 100000 Okay. So then the question becomes, okay, if you bring in a bunch of you know, average household income at 100000 or higher, what is that going to do with prices if more people have more money? <laughs> sure. And so I think over time, you know, California could potentially be the elite state, I guess you could say, in that you do need to be some kind of elite to, you know, afford something here. <laughs> okay. But... So- and so what you're saying is that you think a rising tide would lift all ships? Maybe yeah. Maybe Bakersfield would get pulled along with exactly. that. Exactly. So, I mean, because some of those people, they might not be looking at Bakersfield for their final destination right. moving to California. Obviously, there's climate change. You know, the, yeah. The, the coastal towns have the climate right. that's attractive. Um, right. But like we talked about, like the jobs that are here right. really have to be here. Right. And so it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how, how that all plays out and what factors yeah, you can't up. you can't really take the logistics job and put it out at the at the central coast. No, you know, yeah, no, it'd just be so, incredibly too expensive. Yeah, and that's that's why that that sector is growing so fast exactly. is because Inland Empire has gotten more expensive and and yeah. it's really not that much farther for them to throw it on a truck and get it to here as right. opposed to the Inland Empire anyway. Right. All right. So on a personal note, is there a local group? Uh, that you'd like to give a shout out to? Is there like a group that you think is doing good work here or just making a difference? Or uh, Yeah, actually. So the Bakersfield Real Estate Investors Group or the meetup group is uh, probably one of the, the better things I've seen in Kern County. Yeah, I think you, you've you been coming since the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, so I started about a month after the actual group started. Yeah, and that's, when, that's where we met. Yeah. It's been a year and a half almost exactly. yeah we're gonna be getting close to two years this fall so that's and it's just really cool because you know it's one of those groups where i don't know about you but i've been to a lot of real estate investment stuff and it, a lot of it comes down to hey i'm the guy that does this okay and this is how i can help you mr investor <laughs> right and really what ends up happening is this is a hour-long pitch and I'm after work not wanting to go. You, know? <laughs> you don't want to just sit there for an hour yeah. of a pitch fest. Yeah. I sure. don't want to hear you talk about sure. your alarm system. You know? Yeah. Uh, whereas with this group, what ends up happening is generally it's just show up really low key and just talk to who you can. Yeah. It's great to hear what other local investors are seeing and doing right. and, and, and all together when we, when we work together and, and share information. Right. I think everyone benefits. Yeah. No. And I mean, I've... Obviously, I've met a couple investors through there that have done very well, and they have very interesting portfolios, which you never would have guessed had you not been able sure. to talk to them. Yeah, no, it's know? interesting when you get to actually and, meet and talk with people and get kind of deep into yeah their story and, right. and what path they've taken. And it, and it yeah. just gives you a lot of ideas and insights into other, yeah. yeah, something that you're not necessarily super familiar with. Well, and what's really interesting is, you know, even in little old Bakersfield, right, I've met people that 
are doing the out-of-state investing. They have done their research. They know what their what type of properties they should be buying, and it is working out for them. Sure, you know, and I think that's a really cool thing because there's not a lot of people you can talk to that do that. That's right, and people are just very open. It's it's a good group to go to. I agree. I agree. All right, and then what is the best way for people to get a hold of you? So to get a hold of me, best thing I guess would be we have the website, uh, which is www.re-synergy.com. We have my direct line, which is 661-770-7382 if you want to talk to me directly. And then we also have all of our social media. So we do Facebook, we have Instagram, we have Twitter, you know, everything. Sure. And our handle on that is uh, Your Realtor Sunny. So at Your Realtor Sunny. All right. So and if people don't know, uh, Sanjeev commonly goes by Sunny. Sunny, yeah. That's how I, I mostly know him as right. Sunny. Chose to be a little more formal on the podcast yeah. here. But, well, that sounds great. I appreciate uh, you coming, Sonny, and I appreciate all your insights. Yeah. And hopefully we'll, we'll, we can make this keep on going. Kind of, yeah, normal thing and, and every revisit it every every quarter or six months or so and yeah. just get a market update. And That'd be great. We love hearing about someone that can really get in and dig into the data. And yeah. I, I think data is the way to approach things as opposed yeah. to like an emotional knee-jerk response. It's yeah. good to kind of just really look at it with a logical data-driven perspective. So really well, appreciate it. Short side note, actually, that was what was interesting to me. Being able to prep for this, it took me a lot of time to go through the numbers, <laughs> yeah. you know, go and look at the actual numbers, right? And then when you break it down by segments and sectors, what actually is happening? Because everyone says, oh, this is a super seller's market and, you know, put your house up for $50,000 more. Sure, than there's a lot worth. of hype. There's a lot of hype. Yeah. yeah. And then you look at the numbers and it's like, yeah, okay, we are in a seller's market, but maybe not as deep as a sure. lot of people are talking sure. about. Sure. So really it gives you that perspective on where can I buy? How do I purchase? What's the next right sure. step? Yeah. Well, we really appreciate you digging into that for us and sharing it with us today. Perfect. All right. Well, thanks again, Sonny. This podcast is sponsored by the Bakersfield Real Estate Investors Meetup Group. As the old saying goes, your net worth is in your network. This is your chance to meet other investors and learn what others in our community are seeing and doing. This event is free. There are no speakers or aggressive salesmen pushing training material. We just ask that you plan on ordering food and drinks from the venue that hosts the meetup. This is perfect for experienced investors and new investors alike, or even if you're just interested in learning more about investing in Kern County and specifically Bakersfield. For more information, visit kerntrends.com forward slash meetup. Hope to see you there. Please review and rate this podcast on iTunes or your podcast app of choice. I appreciate any comments, feedbacks, and suggestions. You can reach out to me at gene at kerntrends.com. That's G-E-N-E at kerntrends with an S dot com. Or at Twitter at kerntrends. That's K-E-R-N-T-R-E-N-D-S. As a final note, I implore everyone to do something to help our community. Even a small act of kindness or a large effort that will create a lasting impact. This is our community, and together we can make a positive difference. This is Gene Hacker with the Kern Trends Podcast, signing off.